Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. This is not a recording. I am working a Friday. It's wonderful to have you in at Tail Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal all avved up for his avalanche tonight. We are loaded. We'll spend time with Jacob Padilla, Mr. Well, he's our basketball guru. He's uh, been at basketball games all day. We'll get his take on the Bryce McGowan's selection at pick number 40 and then traded to Charlotte. So uh, what's that fit like? We'll hear from Jacob in about 15 minutes. Also some summer league basketball updates around the uh, the metro regions. So excited to talk with Jacob. He was at the Hale Varsity Club last night. Many thanks to all of you from uh, the uh, La Vista Omaha metro region to come out and Say hi and, and check out the uh, the yearbook release party. That was a lot of fun. Great setup at the Hale Varsity Club. And, of course, that's your Herd at headquarters for where all your, your favorite Herd at podcasts will at one time or another be doing shows there. So just uh, an incredible uh, center for food, drink, and uh, some entertainment. So that is uh, wild. It was great to be there, and it was weird to see myself on a uh, – on a bar big screen, right right next to the CWS, right next to NBA draft preview ESPN stuff. But uh, while I was not as pretty on camera, we did have an effective show. Well, and it's pretty good making your, your debut on a, on a bar TV, and it's not because you got arrested. I right, mean, I it's think not TMZ. You're, you're, everything's looking up for you. That's a great debut. It's, it's not a... Uh, you know, in Lincoln, Nebraska, Dateline, somebody uh, drove through seven uh, local no. radio host. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't need that that mug shot ever. That's why you Uber, right? Uh, so uh, we'll talk with Jacob coming up in hour two. We will double down because I'm sure hour one make that segment one of of the uh, Bill Dolman uh, sit down. Bill is going to uh, backhand me repeatedly for being gone the last what three. Three or four Fridays. Mm. It's been May. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's four. Junior doesn't have baseball, but he is making his umpire debut uh, this weekend. So Dolman with us uh, next hour. Then Danny Burke going to join us. We caught up with uh, Demorne Pearsonell yesterday. He was part of the ex Husker extravaganza there to, to help celebrate the yearbook release party. Uh, Demorne there. Deontay Williams also popped by. Uh, good to see him, Tommy Armstrong. So, yes, uh, good times yesterday. Check out that podcast in the stream yard on Hale Varsity and also on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter handle. We'll dive in. We'll start off with some Bryce McGowan's thoughts before we get to Athlon's projection, projection and reveal of uh, where they have Nebraska football. So what do you think as a, as a Nebraska fan? 
with uh, Bryce McGowan's. He's a happy guy right now in the sense that it's been his lifelong dream to get to the NBA. Uh, going 40th overall probably was a bit of a disappointment. Uh, he thought he was first-round material. I think a lot of teams had him graded uh, first round. And uh, what what's next for, for Bryce McGowan? Is he a guy that is going get to a, get a full-time contract and stick with Charlotte? Is he a two-way guy that will rotate between the, the G League and – and and the NBA, uh, what Delano Banton did last yeah, season, right? And and you know it's it's money, it's playing basketball, what you love for for money. But and, and then there's Charlotte. I mean, you've got ball there, but you've got some things up in the air in Charlotte. And first and foremost, you don't have a head coach. You were locked and loaded to get Steve Kerr's number one guy, but he backed out of that. So where do you go, Mike D'Antoni? Uh, is the football coach? I get D'Antonio and D'Antoni confused. Mm-hmm. Is it D'Antonio? D'Antonio is Dan- basketball. D'Antonio. D'Antoni is football, right? I, I think we might have have him flipped. This is great credibility as we Google <laughs> real quick. One got two MVPs for Steve Nash. The other, Mike D'Antoni, basketball coach. See, I was right the first time. Yeah. I should have went with my gut. The other one's grumpy and got out with a $5 million bonus before his team tanked. <laughs> so, uh, D'Antoni. Oh, we also have Mike D'Antonio, who is the founder of Massachusetts metal band Killswitch Engage. No, not, not who Kill, we're talking about. Yeah, I don't think that's it. But Not who we're talking interesting about. Interesting to say the least. So, <laughs> D'Antoni. <laughs> D'Antonio is with Sparty and always grumpy. D'Antoni has a mustache and lets his point guard do his thing. It was in Houston. Uh, was in Phoenix, could end up in Charlotte. What's that mean for Bryce McGowan's? Well, from a system standpoint, hey, it's all about getting that playmaker at point guard, which Charlotte has in ball, and letting him get a high ball screen, drive and finish, or drive and kick. McGowan's has shown the ability to be a really good catch-and-shoot score, and he can get to the rim. He's got great length. He is better at absorbing contact. You saw that in the second half of the Big Ten season, but still a ways to go when we talk about grown men in the NBA. And just overall very crafty. What's he going to be able to do off the bounce at the next level? And you don't want a plus-minus nightmare uh, if, you're, if you're playing him. You don't, you don't want him to score 15 and give up 35 on the defensive end. But I think that's more of a... That that's more of a concentration focusing not on him, but what's what was emphasized. Well, it wasn't defense at Nebraska last year. Mm. So judging judging what he is versus what he can be defensively, it, film doesn't lie. But that's it was all about scoring, outscoring your opponent last year for Nebraska basketball. They didn't do that. They'll hopefully be better if you're a big red basketball fan. So McGowan's has a chance. He's right there. If he would have come back to Nebraska, would he have gone much higher next year than 40? You'd like to think so, but you'll never know. Uh, Nebraska now officially is one of many programs that has had a one and done. Yeah, how about that? Is this first one ever? Mm-hmm. First one ever. That? Well, uh, when, when you look at Bryce, the, the question of could he have been a higher draft pick if he came back next season is, is to me, it's probably... Uh, but the problem with this year was uh, we saw a tweet from Geo Baker, Rutgers star for, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of years now. He, he tweeted out last night uh, that 
he thinks McGowan's is a baller because every single defense in the Big Ten came into their game against Nebraska queuing on this Bryce McGowan. You stop queuing on a true freshman, saying if you stopped this guy, you stop the, the Husker basketball team. So uh, when you take that into consideration, and then you also combine that with the fact that. Uh, a lot of times teams game plans to eliminate him offensively is to make him work defensively. Uh, you got to expect that whenever he's not the guy you're queuing on at a, at a pro level, that he will naturally make some leaps and bounds things. He has to work on, as you said, the weight room is going to be huge uh, because how many times do you see him just get wiped out on a screen last year where uh, the screen would come out and uh, he'd just get wiped out and it would be a free two points to their team. Uh, that was a lot. And, and then the other thing is that that catch and shoot three point ability, which we saw a little too much uh, shoot shooting off the dribble from McGowan's last season. I think that was a result of uh, the team he had around him. He kind of felt like he had to do too much. If he can make that catch and shoot three work and just improve the defense, I, I think he'll be fine. And, and a, a guy that like Delano Banton can get some NBA minutes next year while developing in the G league, because uh, the scouting report I saw, and uh, this is from a couple scouting reports, actually essentially say, uh, what he has right now that is already NBA ready is his ability to draw fouls inside. Uh, beating his man off the dribble, we'll see how well that translates to the next level, but he's got a quick and long first step. It gets him inside, and then I don't want to call it flopping, but that ability to get inside and... and, and he's able of, to get contact in the whistle. contort your body in a way that m- makes the uh, official blow the whistle. He is already NBA ready at that. So uh, if he can use that and start working on his deficiencies, I, I think he could be a guy getting consistent NBA minutes sooner rather than later for being a second-round pick. No, I don't disagree, and uh, there's uh, a reason Charlotte liked him. Charlotte, I think, graded him in their top 30, so they didn't want to roll the dice and, and, and have him potentially drop or expect him to drop further into the second round when they were ready to pick again. So uh, we'll see where it goes. But congrats to Bryce McGowans. You're uh, in the NBA, and you were a lot of fun to watch in Lincoln. Uh, and he's uh, no doubt going to be driven to, uh, to continue to thrive. Nebraska football. Uh, Jimmy Buffett fan, yes or no? I like Margaritaville. Yeah, and, and that's uh, you're like, uh, what else did he play? Uh, you have boat drinks. Jimmy Buffett also had uh, changes in latitude, changes in attitudes. All right. Yeah, I still you know had, Margaritaville. <laughs> okay, so th- that's it for you. None of these arena. But I know he's on uh, the the remix of Five Vol- O'clock somewhere. Yeah, Vol- Volcano's good. Uh, what's the other one? Come Monday, really good ballad. He apparently, rumor has it, and this is, was shown to me when I lived in South Dakota, you drive by a couple of shabby-looking houses in Brookings, South Dakota, and it's like, yep, Jimmy Buffett crashed on that couch somewhere in the mid to late 60s before he went down to Florida. And all of a sudden, he's a singer-songwriter. I think Jimmy Buffett is somehow, maybe he uh, attended Auburn. I don't know how he ended up in South Dakota, but that's that's part of the rumor that, that of, of the legend of Jimmy Buffett. I know his, his shrimp appetizer on spring break was great till later in the evening. But you have the Jimmy Buffett song, Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes. The appropriate background music says Athlon for Nebraska in 2022 for football. Uh, you got uh, Coach Scott Frost, his contract restructured. All but one of his offensive coaches are new along with a coach uh, strictly focused on special teams. You also have the offensive coordinator tag off of Frost, and here comes Mark Whipple. Good story by Sip as he caught up with Heinrich Harburg 
about how Harburg has had the game slow down for him. And uh, it was interesting in, in, in the story where Harburg really, I, I guess, didn't get after it as much last summer, kind of took the summer, I don't want to say off, but wasn't uh, as focused as he needed to be. Well, that's, that's shifted. There's some more confidence uh, because of, of what Whipple has done with Harburg as far as helping him with reading defenses, linebackers and safeties. And uh, you have uh, kind of a renewed purpose for Harburg, and he's going to keep working to, to develop. He's not in a rush. It's not that he doesn't want to play, but he's being patient, which is, which is great. So Nebraska's quarterback spots a question because it's new. Uh, and right now you have Athlon Elijah uh, saying, look, Nebraska is a team that's you got to wait on to see if they can flip, first of all. But second of all, uh, the Cam Jurgens piece of that offensive line is a major concern. Who's the who's the guy to go to throwing the football and uh, defensively, you've got the top five tacklers returning for the top five anyway, and Reimer and Henrich, Garrett Nelson, and then uh, Quinton Newsom. That's nice for the Big Red. I think that's the big question is is what, what do you, and we've kind of hit on it this week, what do you get from the defense? You lose what you lost in the secondary. You've added some nice pieces, but uh, special teams will, will be key. The final analysis by... Athlon here as they rank Nebraska 53rd, number 53 in college football. So you have pressure to produce a winning season. There's questions defensively along the front as well as offensively. You don't have Ohio State or Michigan State on the schedule. You have Indiana and Rutgers. That's probably a positive. You have the opener in Dublin. You have four home games to build some momentum into the heart of the Big Ten schedule. Here's the question. Can they finally have a winning season under Frost? On, under Frost, under the circumstances, they must. So it's, it's like everything else. It's, it's do or die for Nebraska football. But Bill Dolman, no doubt, will, will weigh in on this. But pretty fair write-up. I mean, it's, it's a positive with what you have back for your five defenses. Defensive tackling leaders are back. And uh, you just... Don't know if you're getting an upgrade, breaking even, or you went the wrong way at quarterback. Time will tell with that. And that's that's going to be interesting and fun. I can't wait for media days in a month. Uh, I, I assume Garrett Nelson's going to go. I assume Casey Thompson's going to go. And uh, locally, we'll have a chance to, to hopefully hear from the head coach. And from a, from a Big Ten perspective, I mean, Nebraska's – and the situation Nebraska football's in, I mean, they'll be, they'll be a storyline, right? I mean, it's, all right, the storyline's been, okay, Nebraska's either been picked to win the West, compete for the West, or what's, what's going on with Nebraska. Now it's, dude, how are you going to handle all the pressure this year? Well, yeah, it's, it's because this Husker football team, on paper, talent-wise, is a team that is in the top half of the Big Ten. The, just in terms of the roster talent that they have, what guys have done elsewhere, what guys that are uh, coming back have already done. This team should be a a top seven in the Big Ten team. It's a question of can you live up to your own expectations and can you go out and can you beat the teams you're supposed to beat? 
And uh, I think that's something we'll probably get into a little later with, with Bill Dolman when we look at the, those teams in the middle of the schedule, Rutgers, uh, Purdue, Illinois. Those are teams that on paper you are more talented than, but they're the, the games that Nebraska has found a way to lose over the past couple of seasons. If you can flip the script in just those games, just the teams you're supposed to beat, this team is at least 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, and, and I think you'll, you'll want more than 6-6, six and six, but you'll take 6-6 six and six to get bowl eligible. It doesn't answer the long-term question if you got the right guy leading the program after, you know, five years. And uh, Bill Moose said it many years ago at Media Days, Judge Scott, after year five, not after year three. And, hey, retooling your staff and uh, going out and getting some heavy hitters in the portal, it's just... Um, it's a big ask to, ask to have it all come together in a year, but that's that's what you're charged with. Dan tweets in, Elijah, who's this new guy? Sounds like Schmidt. <laughs> Couldn't Gr- be. Great to be course. on a Friday with you. It's uh, Jacob Adilla time next on Hale Varsity. Calling all Storm Chasers fans. A team you never get to see is making their way to Werner Park June 7th through the 12th, and that's the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. It's the first meeting between the two franchises, and there's plenty going on that week. June 9th is the Chasers Community Celebration for Pride Night, presented by PayPal. June 10th is What If Night, where the Storm Chasers will change their name to the Hogs. A little backstory, that was a previous Omaha team and was a potential name change when the franchise was looking to rebrand. It's a battle of pigs versus hogs. You can't have a name change without new jerseys too. Specialty jerseys will be worn that night and of course they'll be autographed and auctioned off. Snag your favorite player June 10th and then run it back on the 11th. It's Salute to Corn Night presented by the Nebraska Corn Board. It's a celebration of all things corn. Corn on the jerseys. Corn in the stands. Trust me, this game will be amazing. See you there. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some NBA draft, and we welcome in basketball insider with Hale Varsity, Jacob Padilla at Jacob Padilla underscore. It's where you find him. First and foremost, Jacob, what did you crush last night at the Hale Varsity Club? What was your uh, your uh, your your choice on the menu? What'd you fire up? I went with the, uh, the chicken sandwich, the crispy chicken sandwich, and it was delicious. I thought about that, but um, some of us have brutal metabolism because we're old. <laughs> so I had the old spinach salad that was incredible. But uh, what an event. Uh, it was great to see everyone out for the yearbook release party. Good to see you, Jacob. And, man, you were locked in on uh, on the draft last night. Let's get your thoughts. Bryce McGowan's. We knew he'd go. We just didn't know when he'd get picked. Ended up going 40th overall to the Timberwolves and then traded to Charlotte. What do you think about where he was slotted? Yeah, um, it's kind of an interesting situation. I'm sure he was probably disappointed. I don't think uh, 40th pick is what he had in mind when he landed at Nebraska. So in that regard, you're – I think you're hoping for more, but at the same time, he did get picked, got picked in the first 40 picks, um, got picked a little bit higher than the, the previous two picks, Lionel Banton and uh, Isaiah Roby, or uh, 45 and 46. Um, so they're slowly uh, inching up higher in the draft, but um, we'll have to see kind of Charlotte has a lot of uh, free agency kind of situations to figure out, some trade uh, potential 
there as well, um, especially with, on their wings. And that's kind of the position that Bryce is going to play. So the, the roster could open up a little bit, but at the same time, they also drafted James Booknight in, in the late lottery last year. And I think he's a somewhat similar player to Bryce in terms of what he does and what he brings. Um, I just kind of seeing some of the quotes, uh, I guess, uh, from Mitch Kupchak uh, said they were, uh, they had uh, Bryce kind of much higher, um, rated much higher than where they end up landing him. Um, and they were kind of scrambled to, to move up to go get him. Um, so that, that's, that speaks well to how they regard him. Uh, but I also saw uh, a tweet from a beat reporter there that um, Cupjack suggested maybe Bryce would be on a two-way as opposed to a full contract. So we'll have to see kind of how that plays out. The, the 40th pick in the draft last year um, was Jared Butler from uh, from Baylor who with Utah who signed a two-year guaranteed deal. So he's kind of in that mix where a lot of players in that range do get do get guaranteed like full NBA contracts, but there are also some guys in that mix that that sign two-way deals uh, initially first and have to try to break fully into the league that way. So we'll have to see kind of how the, the contract situations work out with Bryce. But um, Charlotte was one of the teams that he worked out for before the draft, and apparently it went well enough for them to value him enough to to go get him. Jacob Badilla is with us from Hale Varsity talking NBA draft and Husker Bryce McGowan's uh, off to Charlotte. And it's tricky with the the draft. It's not the draft shrunk a long, long time ago. Prior to that, you'd have three or four rounds or or even more. But now it's do you go to the developmental league and, and go get a guy? You always have overseas prospects that. Really, uh, if if a kid's in Europe playing ball, yeah, he's going to school. But uh, from a, from a skill development standpoint, I mean, that's a twenty four seven job. It feels like for some of the international kids, and they come in really skilled and and really uh, well rounded game wise. What do you like about Bryce's game that can immediately contribute if he gets that opportunity? And where does the work need to happen? What are some some thoughts you have with uh, the development still needed to to make that next level step? Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, the the baseline of scoring skills are there. He can get to the rim. Um, he's shown the ability to hit some tough jumpers and from NBA range on the three. Um, obviously, crafty off the bounce uses his length well to, to extend and finish. He got better at playing through contact later in the season. So he's got the potential to, to score at multiple levels, uh, and I'm guessing that's what they liked about him. But, one, he's got to get the jumper kind of ironed up a little bit more. Like, that's got to go down at a higher rate. And in Nebraska, there were some signs. Like, like you look at his uh, unguarded catch-and-shoot numbers, and they were really good. Like, show that the touch is there. He gets an open look uh, off the catch, then he can knock it down. But um, the unfortunate part is, like, with Nebraska's – uh, the situation around him, he he got more contested jumpers than he did uncontested ones. And he also got more shots off the dribble because he had to create so much himself. And he really struggled with his off, off the dribble shot. Um, so first and foremost, he's got to get that jumper back to what we saw from him in high school, where he was a 40% shooter throughout his career at 
um, at Wren, and then the percentage dropped a little bit. But again, he was taking a lot of tough shots when he went to Legacy Early College there for his senior year. So um, he's got to he's got to get that. He's got to be just a little bit more efficient with it, and it starts, I think, with knocking down that jumper. And then defensively, he, he's got to improve quite a bit on, on that end to be able to to get out there on the NBA floor. Um, otherwise, coaches probably aren't going to be too interested in, in putting him out there if he can't guard his position. With uh, is the skill set there? It's just more of just doing it because uh, he was asked to do a lot offensively for Nebraska last year. Yeah, um, and that that is kind of I think that's something that NBA teams were having to to sift through. Uh, when it came to this decision making, all right, there, there's lots of things to like. There's a lot of red flags there. Which which side of that do we believe more strongly in, and do we believe in our ability to get that out of him and to polish that up? Um, because this was a guy top thirty uh, player in his class. Um, he did well, uh, I think, at the uh, the Iverson Classic last year in front of NBA scouts. Um, th- there were some moments where you, you could definitely see it during the season. Um, so it's just, again, a, a, about which teams felt that they could get that out of it. And Charlotte, uh, saw enough there that, um, I think they're, they're worth taking the development. I, I don't think anybody expects them to be an instant impact guy. Um, he, he's got to continue to get stronger. He's got to keep adding weight to his frame. And again, he's got to get reps and reps and reps on that jumper to, to, to kind of get that back to where he's shown he's capable of shooting in terms of percentage wise. So, um, I think that's kind of where he's at right now. I think it's more of a, a long-term pick for Charlotte. And that's kind of the, I think that, that point of the second round, that's, that's what you're looking for a chance uh, at somebody w- with some, some good upside that maybe you don't need to, to throw him in the mix right away, but um, you can. And we saw just last year with, uh, with book Knight, who they, they kind of had some veteran guards, um, some wings in the rotation, and he didn't get a chance to play a ton. We'll have to see this year kind of how the contract situation shake out, um, whether or not he kind of is able to crack the rotation more. Um, he only played 31 games as a rookie last year. So I, I think Nebraska fans probably expect to see uh, McGowan's playing quite a bit in the G League, uh, depending on where they are in the season. And um, and we'll have to see if he can crack his way, uh, uh, earn his way onto the floor with, with the big club as well. Jacob, how is Charlotte? You mentioned uh, some question marks with with where they go and maybe some uh, redundancy with with skill set and you know body type and player type. But overall, what to your knowledge, what's Charlotte's rep for 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 guys drafted into their program? I know Jordan's the owner. Uh, what's what's the word or what's your take on on the fit and the landing situation? Yeah. Um, well, tough part right now is they don't have the coach, so it's hard to um, hard to n- totally know what to think about that with uh, um, a coach uh, uh, falling through and kind of backing out. Uh, Kenny Atkinson, mm-hmm. who did have a rep for um, developing young players, that's what he did well in, in Brooklyn, kind of before they got the, the superstars come join there and kind of change gears. So I think that would have would have been good good fit, but now um, now they Mike D'Antoni was one of the other finalists for that job. Maybe he ends up kind of taking over. And in terms of fit, I think Bryce would fit well into a uh, 
the Antonio type of system with his right ability to play in transition and um, shoot the ball and things like that. So um, we'll, we'll have to see kind of how that side of it uh, kind of bounces up or ends up before we, I think, have a great feel for um, fit and development wise because they're going to get some new coaches, uh, uh, development coaches and things like that in there. But you've got a core with LaMelo Ball, um, who is a really good young player. Uh, and then they've got to kind of figure out who else are going to be pieces of the score. Miles Bridges, one of those wings is a restricted free agent. They got to figure out, are they going to, they going to be able to trade Gordon Hayward's contract and, and clear that off the books and uh, out of the rotation and kind of open the door for some younger guys. Kelly Oubre Jr. Is a um, free agent, I, I believe, um, or, or can be. Um, so, They've got some decisions to make before we know kind of what this team is going to look like. But man, if Bryce clicks, that, that's uh, with Book Knight in there as well. With Ball, they, they've got some some talented young uh, backcourt uh, pieces there to, to build around. And and they also landed uh, their center in, in Mark Williams from Duke. He was their their first round pick. Um, so I think that's kind of what their core is going to be moving forward. And Bryce has to show that he can be part of that long term. Jacob Adil is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Jacob, uh, looking at the yearbook right now, your feature story, Helping by Hooping, you had a chance to cover a special Olympic event uh, that a lot of the Nebraska guys uh, chipped in on uh, with, uh, with the basketball being the focus. And you had, uh, you had quite the scouting report, my friend. Tell me a little bit about the, the, uh, the impetus to this story. This was a lot of fun to read. <laughs> yeah, um, leave it to me to find a way to write about basketball in the football yearbook, right? That's <laughs> no, good. I love <laughs> uh, it. <laughs> to be fair, though, it was Aaron and uh, Brandon's idea. They suggested to me, and I wasn't sure if it, uh, quite how it would play out at first, but they said, you know what, go to this event, see see what happens, and we'll move from there. And um, went out there to Elkhorn South with uh, Elliot Brown, walk on. Uh, his dad played in Nebraska and Lance Brown back in the day, and um, he got the idea from his dad because seniors back then used to do like these charity, like ba- basketball all-star games after their careers were over, and then you have to worry about eligibility and all that. Um, and so Elliot heard about that, and with NIL now, we're kind of opening the door. He's like, you know what, I can do that even better. So he invited a bunch of his teammates up for uh, an event. They got to play against a special Olympics team, and then a group of they call them uh, celebrities, which, which uh, former players and teachers and just people kind of around the, the Elkhorn community out there. Yeah. And then they got a handful uh, like five high school kids um, from Elkhorn and Elkhorn South to, to play against them. Calling all soccer fans. Union Omaha is back home after an unbelievable showing in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup round of 16. An upset over Minnesota United? That's our team. So join them when they come home May 28th for Educational Outreach Night. Presented by Bellevue University. The Owls will face Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC. And after a couple of road matches, will come back on June 18th to face Greenville Triumph SC. It's it's also Pride Night. We'll see you there. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Good stuff from Jacob Padilla. A few more minutes with Jacob. We'll get the rundown 
on more of his feature in the Hale Varsity yearbook. And, uh, of course, uh, run down uh, some of his thoughts on uh, how Prep Hoops is going. Summer League basketball, as we were talking to Jacob, Steve Clifford, uh, according to Woj, has agreed to return to the Charlotte Hornets, was there with the Hornets in five years from 13 to 2018. Two playoff trips in five years, parted ways mutually with Charlotte in 18, took Orlando to the playoffs, and then parted ways at the end of 2021. So I think Clifford's a workaholic. I think this will be good for McGowan. So we'll hear from Bryce, but more with Jacob here as he talks about his feature with Huskers and scouting their basketball skills when it comes to football guys trying to hoop. 14, 15 uh, uh, Husker football players. Uh, some of them, you could tell, had touched the basketball before. Some of the others, maybe not so much. So you got a wide range of uh, skill levels out there. And uh, kind of for the story, I kind of went through and provided my scouting report on each one of them uh, and just kind of wrote about the, the event as a whole and just how it's uh, this is kind of one of the cool things that people are doing with the NIL rules now. Any uh, DMs from Trey Palmer or Alante Brown? <laughs> Yeah, I, I have not heard any feedback yet from the actual players. I'm hoping that means none of them saw that, uh, saw my breakdown of them, uh, because, yeah, it might be a little bit awkward uh, if I go to interview them in the fall and if, uh, Trey in particular and uh, maybe Taman Lynam would be another one that uh, probably uh, don't want to read the, the press clippings about that game. Uh, shouldn't be letting it fly from anywhere. <laughs> you are such a good... Uh, scout when it comes to breaking down games and you, you do it, you coach. So uh, you're having a little fun. Uh, and and I, I think the guys, I hope the guys take it that way. Uh, before we wrap up, give me uh, some summer league ba- basketball updates. Uh, you've been covering a lot of basketball as well. I know you had uh, quite a few games today. Yeah. I was just out at Tapio South for uh, their 3d jam. Um, yesterday and today I got to see uh former Nebraska target and Wisconsin commit, uh, Gus Bus, Gus Yeldon, hmm. playing with Carney. Um, he did the same thing last summer. He's got family back there and I guess spent some time in the summer out there in Carney and kind of runs with them at their open gyms to just to, to get some cardio in or whatever. And um, Drake Bronick's out there like, you want to play with us? Um, you know, why not? So he was out there and uh, he, he – He's very good. <laughs> uh, had, had some monster games yesterday and today. Hit a step back uh, game winning three over two defenders yesterday. Had uh, 32 uh, in a game today I watched. Um, but uh, Bellevue West, I got, I got to see a little bit of them yesterday and today. And man, Josiah Dozer has played so well um, the last two, three weeks. Um, I think he's, he's pretty clearly uh, the top prospect in that, in that 2023 class that we have right now and he's been playing really really well um i also got to see uh tracing anderson play a little bit today and um he's the first one from that 2024 class to receive a division uh one offer with south dakota state offering uh this week uh he he did well down at the the showcase in kansas city and then went up and performed well in their uh, elite camp as well so um it was good for him it's always good to see kind of the the wheels start to roll on that uh with those division one offers and he's a six six not uh six nine kid uh, out there for Pius mm-hmm. um that can step out and shoot the ball and can rebound as well he's kind of got the physical tools 
to, to keep developing and the baseline skill level to be uh, really intriguing. So um, uh, that was some of the, the highlights today, I guess. Well, you mentioned Anderson, and, and he contributed a lot of really good minutes for Coach Spichka last uh, winter and, and into the, uh, you know, in, into uh, uh, his role. I mean, he was a lot of fun to watch. Any Lincoln area kids uh, that, that are on your radar before we say goodbye? Yeah, I, I did see uh, Lincoln Southwest uh, today. They, they uh, played against uh, Bellevue West and gave them a really good fight in the first half and then kind of got away from them in the second. But um, Chuck Love played well. Um, and, and Braden Frager as well. Those those two sophomores for Southwest, um, I think Frager had 22 and Love had 15 and hit some tough shots. And Frager's just so big and athletic and strong. He's just hard to hard to keep away from the basket when he gets going downhill. And then he'll knock down just enough uh, jumpers to, to kind of keep you honest there defensively. And, and Love uh, had a really nice kind of stretch start the game. Um hit a three off three location, kind of drove the baseline, went up for a dunk, had, had a nice little and one finish as well. Um, kind of got going a little bit again in the second half. So um, they've got some, some good young talent there. They they were missing a couple of their starters, and you could tell they kind of got worn down later in the, the half or later in the game. But um, And I saw Lincoln Northeast play today as well. And Christian Wynn, uh, I had not uh, – Previous times that I've got to sit down and watch a full game of Northeast, uh, Win wasn't with them, so it was good to see him play today. And um, he, he played really well. Um, got to the basket and finished strong and knocked down a couple threes. And he and Jalen Lang, their, their senior point guard, um, were really solid and led them to a win over Omaha North today. Jacob Padilla with his HailVarsity.com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, we'll get caught up again, bud. Thanks for the update today. All right, sounds good. Good info from Jacob. Uh, read his feature in the yearbook is the full scout on 15 Huskers that were part of that special Olympics fundraiser uh, in uh, part of the NIL situation they did. And really cool uh, that some of the Nebraska athletes giving back like that, raising funds. And Jacob pulled no punches because Jacob is a coach himself and wasn't mean-spirited he just he had some fun with it It was pretty good let's hear from from Bryce McGowan's right now uh part of his introductory press conference with Charlotte he now has a coach that's good and uh you know what sky's the limit for uh the standout from South Carolina I would thank this organization for uh, believing in me. I'm happy to be here. Um, it's a great organization. I'm ready to work, uh, ready to have fun, uh, ready to compete. Uh, you know, thank y'all for having me. Lamelo's been a, a nice addition there. He's been pretty special, and you know, there was some ball family fatigue, but he's been uh, been something nice. I remember Elijah when Charlotte was was born uh i ran out and got a charlotte hornets t-shirt when they became a franchise i went out and got an alonzo morning jersey they had alonzo and larry johnson these names may ring a bell with you but i watched them in college and and then they they were a pretty good 50 win team they had kimba there for a while didn't they See, well there's the, the whole thing where they drafted kimba whenever they were the bobcats the Charlotte Bobcats, mm-hmm. but they turned back and, into the Hornets, and then because then uh, New Orleans took the Hornets, 
and then the Hornets moved to the Pelicans, and they said, well, I guess we'll take the Hornets back, which is uh, better. It, it always should sure. have been the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> well, why, why is the Jazz in Utah? I've been wondering that for a while. Well, it was time. the New Orleans Jazz. I know. That makes so much more sense. We'll, give, we'll ask Dolman this. What should, the, what should the Utah NBA name be? Because, you know, that's where Footloose was filmed. And that was the town where they didn't allow dancing. I'll, I'll refrain from any jokes here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will have a great Matthew McConaughey impersonation uh, coming up. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Danny Burke. Vizen Sports Network, Burke's Best Bets, coming up in uh, less than an hour. His thoughts on the Avs, some Major League Baseball to hit this weekend. Uh, Bill Dolman, proud of Fairbury, NBC Sports, coming up in about 10 minutes. And uh, we will, we're going to get him, like, cranked up. Because we're going to ask him about number one recruits overall. Mm, I know he loves recruiting. Talk. <laughs> he, he loves recruiting. It's and, been a joy the last three and, Fridays with all the Friday Night Lights camps. Like, oh, Bill, you want to talk recruiting? No, no. earn it. <laughs> Wish there was a South locker room. God love him. He's not wrong, but it is what it is now. And the Athletic profiled all the number one quarterback recruits the last twenty years. Twenty years ago, it was Vince Young. Has it been that long? Well, and, and Vince was supposed to come to Nebraska. He should. He was going to be the quarterback following Jamal Lord. And I don't know what assistant was supposed to have him locked up, but didn't. And, and he ended up at Texas. Now, Mac Brown had a really good uh, history with his quarterbacks. I mean, even if you kind of roll your eyes at Chris Sims, he was pretty good. Applewhite was pretty good. Vince was incredible, but Colt. then he, but then he, then Colt McCoy was really I'll throw good. Colt in that list, yeah. But following Colt, they screwed up. I mean, you look at the year after McCoy took off, and look at all the quarterbacks that <laughs> that, that RG three, Texas kid, Texas didn't want him. You look at uh, Andrew Luck, Houston kid. Texas didn't want it. Well, who was that poor soul that had to come in and play against Bama in the national title game when Colt McCoy left with a concussion? Is it Garrett Gilbert? That sounds right. Yeah, that but Garrett, but, but Garrett Gilbert came in and beat Nebraska the following year because they ran him about five times. D- quarterback designed runs, and that was the difference in the game, like on some third downs. That well, little the, the problem was Nebraska's offense in that game. Yeah, and we got held to what two field goals? Two and that, field and goals the, plus that field goal return for a touchdown. Eric Hag. Yeah, Eric Hag uh, had it, a punt return. Was it a punt return for a touchdown? It was. It was some. It was some weird. It was really. A, it was a weird quick kick, but it was read out around the world. My job that Saturday was to interview Mac Brown for Fox Sports, so I did that after the game, and it was. Yeah, I mean, like legit. You want to talk about pressure? Like Max knows this year is going to suck. So he hugs the offensive coordinator that the rest of the entire state want to get rid of. I mean, it was this long. <laughs> You're back. You've been uh, in a Russian detention center for years. Now we're hugging. This is pretty good. Uh, do we have time to run it? We're running really short on time. Let's, Maybe not. Yeah, really? We can't. Okay. Okay. We have time next hour. Okay. Well, it, it's pretty good. We have 
uh, an impersonation, a guy who sounds just like Matthew McConaughey, uh, welcoming Arch Manning to the fold in uh, in Bevo Land. Uh, Bill Dolman is all ready to go. He is wondering why we are not synced up for video. We'll be streaming. He's in the green room. I see him in there. You do? Okay, I haven't haven't jumped in yet. Bill Dolman, uh, maybe two segments. Again, there will be an hour of of backhanding me for, for being gone Fridays. Watching my son sometimes watch, sometimes play baseball. It's all good. We will talk in about uh, seven minutes or so. Back with you for hour two at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Pride of Fairbury with NBC Sports, and your man for a number of Fridays on Hale Varsity, Bill Dolman, with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, it's nice to see you, the invoice I'm sure is in the mail, God love you for... Hanging out, and you and Elijah crushing it here uh, while I've been at, at baseball. How you doing? I'm great. And uh, adding all those zeros uh, on those invoices are going to make uh, the summer and the fall a whole lot sweeter. I'll tell you that right now. But good to have you back from suspension. I hope you've learned your <laughs> lesson. Uh, those Fridays away, you know, are, are very thought-provoking and very introspective, <laughs> and I'm sure you've done plenty of that with a bottle of Jameson by your side. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking – why don't they bring someone else's kid into pitch? I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's 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 my thought. What's up with you? Did you have a, a movie shoot earlier today? I mean, you got the collared shirt, or have I just been away so long? Is this the is this the anti casual dress Friday, Bill Dolman? You've you've never really like slummed it. I mean, I'm wearing a t shirt. Elijah's wearing an Avs jersey, but you've got uh, you've got uh, a little Banana Republic going. Yeah, you you guys look like the quintessential radio guys. <laughs> well, you look like the TV guy. <laughs> so, I, ran, I ran out of T-shirts, so they're all in the laundry, so I had to break out the dress shirt. Yeah, so you're you're like the rest of us. The laundry's just beating you up. No, that that's his way of saying he was starring in a movie that he can't really talk about on no, the air. No, I mean Dolman yeah. always does commercials for mattresses. We'll just we'll just stay there. Uh, so I got to start with with visiting your your hood. Uh, last weekend, we had ball games in Castle Rock, the home of uh, Husker legend Mike Knox, my dad's all-time favorite Husker linebacker, 
And uh, so we braved I-25 South. Cool. Yeah. What, what is up? I mean, you, you make fun of the People Republic, uh, People's Republic of Colorado often. You talk about yeah. the, um, the odor of Denver uh, that is herb-like. But you've never really dove into traffic. I needed that dark secret shared with me before I went there because... I mean, as as dad and husband, they're like, dude, you're driving. So I'm like, okay. So we did it, but I I didn't really want to. It was murder. It was horrible. It it is. Uh, look, I, I've lived in Houston twice, and sure. you just expect it down there, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, I've, I've been in L.A. enough to know you just expect it. But you know, Denver is going to have some issues because of all of the people that have. Uh, you know, decided to move from the United States and move into Colorado. You know, it's just the population has just exploded mm-hmm. and the, the infrastructure too for interstate travel is is almost impossible. And what they're gonna do with it, I don't know. But if you go down from Denver to Springs, they're trying to widen the free, you know, the interstate. Mm-hmm. And it's like a ten year plan. And so if you do it during the day, they've got one lane shut down for quite a ways between here and the springs. But if you travel at night Sometimes it's two. So you bottleneck like yep. at 10 o'clock to one o'clock and it takes you still two hours. So, yeah, the, uh, as great as the weather is, the the traffic here is miserable. And apparently uh, they've already started to shut down the city. I heard a couple hours ago they were putting up barricades around mm-hmm. downtown and Ball Arena. And I, and I had actually contemplated going downtown. I'm not quite sure that's going to happen, but uh, it, it, it could be and probably will be. Um, pretty nasty downtown denver tonight it's not quite colorado colorado state at mile high but do you expect tear gas tonight well there'll be some type of smoke in the air Um, (laughs) i'm serious though i mean is it going to get rowdy the abs fans were were cranked up after they won seven nothing we were down we were downtown last saturday bill went to the rockies game good ball game between them and, and and san diego and and then about the the Avs game got done about an hour before thirty minutes before so it was electric folks were cheering you've got that uh, cube area where it's kind of a public marketplace with the big screens right not far from Jackson's rooftop is where we were throwing cocktails I think Elway's restaurant is right there too is it okay so you y- you had all of that and then we're leaving the Avs game and it's just it was just a, a nightmare trying to get out of there. But I, I sound like uh, I'm just a wuss and, and, and uh, not ready for the air quote big city. But it was it was it was an adjustment. But Denver, they love their abs. You put the abs on ESPN Lincoln right after the Stanley Cup in 01. So we were an abs affiliate here in Lincoln for five, six, seven years. Got to get that back. Well, talk to Dolman. He's the one who made it happen. But so, so you're saying no. You're saying no. You're not going to go down and well, you should you should try and work a press pass. Get in there, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a stroke of another stroke of brilliance on my part. Um, no, and in all, in all seriousness, with 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 what you see after championships, you know it it gets you know weird weird. And people are celebrating and rioting at the same time. And it, it just is bizarre after titles are won. And the one thing that I think that, that Denver has going for it is I, I think there's probably a positive realism here. Tampa has to be completely deflated after what happened the other night. 
and losing in overtime, having the lead, and and the way that goal was scored, the, the controversy that they're trying to generate, and I think to build up some momentum and and motivation for tonight. But to go up three to one, if if you are not a Denver uh, power broker or whatever, you know, authority, you should have said, look, Tampa is going to come out maybe hard in the first period, and it's going to be over. I think this is going to be another 7 nothing game tonight. Jeez. So they should have had plenty of time to put whatever plan they thought that they hoped that they might have to put in place after a game seven. They've had two days to figure out, okay, what are we going to do to make sure that this city is safe after tonight? I mean, I, and I really think that they should have been thinking that way, that this ain't going seven. And in all likelihood, this is not going back to, to Tampa. Mm. The way that game ended was so deflating for the Lightning that I hope that the city of Denver is prepared for what's going to happen tonight, and that's the Stanley Cup win. Well, all they got to do, free gummies for all. No, so it, you, it'll really no, mellow you, everyone you, out. You put a bunch of people on the street corner, and if you're of age, pass out the, the Purple Haze, the Pink Floyd, and yep. the all right, all right, all right. Yeah, and well, they, it's, a, it's a chill celebration. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, I don't know why you need to, to, to run a, a, an election campaign well, for mayor in Denver when that's got to be your running platform. Let's, let's, uh, let's go break into a pawn shop and, <laughs> you know, Bill Dolman's with us. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, our abs correspondent in, uh, in Denver. So I, 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 you got me thinking here as you talk about championship celebrations. I want to ask, you were part of the three national championships with Nebraska. And I remember what I did after Nebraska won in Miami. I got together with a friend, and we had a cigar. Uh, We were down with my folks, and we were in the same hotel as the Huskers, as Christian and Jason Peter were throwing people into the pool uh, for the Fiesta Bowl. And then in Miami, in 98 Orange Bowl, uh, cousin Dino, God rest his soul, bribed the doorman to let us in the back. And we walk in and Milt and Charlie are having a bush light and they hand me and my dad and Dino a bush light <laughs> and say, hey, beer's cold. We just beat 10. So it was really cool. So I have fond memories, one in Lincoln. Well, one it, in... it ended in Y for those guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I still tell Charlie about that. I was like, do I owe you a bush light? He's like, what do you mean? Like, you don't remember. I was <laughs> freshman in college. but so whoa, whoa, How old were you? Uh, about tw- uh, 21. 21. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're like, Sh-. Elijah's back there doing the math. Shh, quiet, quiet. But how did you celebrate? Because you were there with, with the team. We're talking, on one hand, the abs and riot gear, potentially, and then Nebraska fans just hogging one another on O Street yeah, or Dodge. Um- well, after the the first one, you know, I was in Miami and I was blessed to have been in the locker room to watch that and then go back to the hotel. And, you know, I, I had hosted a, a, a pre-game show for the then Prime Sports Network that I got called yes. down on hosting this this big show. But then after the show was over with, then it was, uh, okay, you can go home. I go, I'm not going home after with Nebraska playing for the national title. So the good folks at the athletic department, found somebody who had an extra bed. So that's how I met John Clare, Pat Clare's son. John and I went to high school. Yeah. Go stay with John. So John (laughs) Clare and I were sharing a hotel room in Miami, um, you know, as part of the team party. That's awesome. I got it. You're hosting this national pregame show. And 
and they're going, okay, see you later. No, I'm not leaving. So Nebraska set me up, and 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 John was kind enough to, you know, to let me hang out. John's the best dude. I mean, that, that yeah, doesn't so, surprise know, so me. Celebrated with, celebrated with friends, and then the, uh, the the next year was at Florida State, and again was at the team hotel, and just enjoying time with everybody. And then, um, you know, in in '98 or '97 national championship, the '98 after we all came back to the hotel on the, the team buses, there was a dinner in one of the big ballrooms and there were people all scattered about celebrating the victory, but still not sure what was going to happen with the polls. And I remember being in this, this banquet hall and with Jeff Schmall and uh, Maria was there, his wife and, uh, you know, Jeff ran Husker vision mm-hmm. and with other Husker vision people. And we're just waiting and we're eating and we're enjoying what happened and thinking, I think we did it. I think we did it. And, ESPN pops up and they show Michigan two or whatever in Nebraska number one. And we won the national title and everybody just erupts. And you could hear the entire hotel, you know, just erupt in, in cheers and God love Jeff. One of the greatest people ever, Jeff Schmall. Jeff was enjoying the moment with family and with friends and his beloved Huskers. He didn't have the camera rolling. Oh, and, uh, and he knew it. And I looked at Jeff and he's like, he put his head down and shook his head. It's like, and I, I, re, I said something like, just enjoy the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And and that's what we did. And, and it's one of those deals where sometimes it's it's just best to savor where you are and the moment that you're in and not have to capture everything with a selfie or whatever. And uh, so I have that memory. And, and that was pretty special to be in that room that night when, when uh, they were um, – when, when it came up that we were number one and we knew we would have, you know, kicked Michigan's ass anyway. So it really didn't matter if we were one or two, we knew we were the best team in the country, but that was, that was a pretty cool moment, uh, moment for me. Well, I remember the roar you were talking about cause it echoed through the hotel. And uh, next time I see old Johnny Claire, I'm going to ask him how his roommate was. <laughs> well, let, let it be known. The best stories start off with, so I was staying in a stranger's hotel room on Miami Beach. <laughs> that, no, that was, that was spring break in Daytona 1989. That I'm was a, a different story. But you had a I different mean, experience in Daytona than I did, Dolman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember you asked me a few, uh, you know, a while back if I had any, you know, what m- mementos that I had that I – uh, that were fairly unique. And, and I somewhere in a box, somewhere at this place, I have uh, blades of grass from the Orange Bowl of 95 and the Fiesta Bowl of 90 uh, of 96 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I think I grabbed a, a hunk of grass and sod from the from Miami Pro Player Stadium in 1998. So somewhere there's a there's painted grass in an envelope somewhere. So those are maybe my most cherished uh Husker items. So you pulled the old uh, Saving Private Ryan, where you, you take sand from the different beaches and different territories. But so you you have actual grass from the old the old old Orange Bowl, the in, old Orange in, Bowl in yeah. Little Havana. Yeah. yeah, and you can't smoke it uh, if there's anybody in Colorado listening. Um, but I, if I can find it, um, I. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I'd uh, I'd sell it probably, but uh, I don't know where it is. It's painted orange. I think the first time I did it, I tried to like look around over my shoulder and bent down and pulled, you know, pulled a couple of blades of grass and put it in my pocket. I think when after the second or third national championship, I just grabbed a whole hunk of sod like it was. 
you know, somebody hit with a chunk tee shot. Mm, Bill no, just had no. a shovel in the carry-on on the way down <laughs> just, the Orange Bowl. Whose is that? Don't know. Uh, <laughs> Bill, get a, we got a couple minutes here. I'm going to hold you over for a few more minutes next segment because I want to get into uh, Arch Manning with you and, and run down some of the, the number one recruits all time and i'll tie it back to to some nebraska stuff i promise but quick thought here a couple minutes bryce mcgowan's you worked a long time in the nba and uh you know what the league is you also were there when uh dan tony was was in houston and he's not going to get the job but he was rumored to get the job charlotte's going back to steve clifford uh but with with bryce you know, we're just wondering if, if he's going to get a, a regular contract or if it's going to be one of those two-way deals. I don't know, but I think he's in a good situation, um, you know, because he's going to be under the radar. Now, there's going to be a lot of attention on him regionally because he grew up two hours away from there, mm-hmm. right? And was a five-star, so people knew about him, you know, playing high school basketball in South Carolina. But I, I think that's a good place for him to, to, to go and grow. And I mean that both mentally and physically. He'll get adapted to the NBA. He'll be close to home where an area that's familiar to him as opposed to being some kid, you know, coming out of high school in New Mexico who gets drafted by the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, McGowan's had a great experience at Nebraska by all accounts, did well yeah, financially too. So he knows how to probably work his money. Um, but I think that's a good situation for him. I, I think the Steve Clifford rehiring is odd. Is it? Is that? Michael Jordan pressure on the coach? I don't know. But I wish he'd played one more year of college ball for dear old Nebraska U, but also to put on maybe another 10-plus pounds. Mm. That's the only thing that I, I wonder about his durability at 6'7", 180 pounds. I know LaMelo Ball, you know, has done quite well, but I, I think McGowan's could have done one more with a year of physical seasoning and then gone. He's 19 years old, mm. but... I think it's a good situation for him. I really do. It's Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, Pride of Fairbury. We'll have another segment with Bill, Elijah Herbal, cheering the abs on Chris Schmidt. Hail Varsity rolls forward after this. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Moving forward, Bill Dolman still with us. NBC Sports, Bill and Elijah doing uh, awesome work. While I was uh, off doing baseball a lot of the last few Fridays. So before you throw darts about, oh, Schmidt's girlfriend. You know, Schmidt's uh, reintroducing himself to his kid. So uh, we were talking uh, celebration moments. Uh, It's going to erupt in Denver. Bill told us about his moments of celebration after national championship moments with Nebraska during the 90s run because Bill was right there as part of the Tom Osborne show and our old buddy John Clare man Golf USA and and uh god John Clare's one of our favorite people and need oh, to buy, yeah. need to buy him a beer more often I don't see him as often as I used to 
But he fitted my pings too. What now? He fitted. He fitted my pings. He made. He made golf easy for me. Well, I, I should have bought the pings, but I, I I went cheap because you know me, and he still had uh, <clears throat> clubs for me. I still have those golf clubs. <laughs> so it's it's awesome, Bill. Let's talk about Arch Manning. Uh, he is uh, off to Texas. A big win recruiting wise for Sarkeesian. And you look at the the recruiting quarterbacks the last several years, the number one player in the country is oftentimes a a quarterback, but the number one quarterback, I mean, you go down the list, it's still TBA with Quinn Ewers, although Quinn can retire tomorrow. (laughs) Um, You you have uh, Trevor Lawrence, Bryce Young, that, that were hit, Spencer Radler, kind of a prima donna, but has a chance to figure some things out at South Carolina uh, after being humbled and losing his job. I haven't heard of what's happening with David Davis Mills. Uh, was the number one quarterback out of, out of Georgia. Isn't to, he uh, the quarterback of the Texans? David Mills? Davis Mills? Yeah, yeah he's uh, he had a decent freshman year, or rookie year for the Texans last year. He had to step into a tough spot, but well, he, well, he was yeah. He's he, the guy. He's the guy with the super long neck. Remember him? Everyone making fun of I him. I just know he was at Stanford, but I, I didn't remember Stanford landing a number one quarterback. Shea Patterson was kind of a journeyman. Josh Rosen, the entire team, whichever team he's been on, wanted to give him a code red. The first uh, top ten quarterback to be cut in less than a year. Here, we'll pay you. Leave. <laughs> Kyle Allen, Max Brown. It goes all the way back to Jameis Winston, class of 2012. Uh, Jeff Driscoll, Philip Sims, not that Philip Sims, Matt Barkley. Terrell Pryor was pretty good. Jimmy Clausen. But Matthew Stafford, Sanchez. I mean, so more times than not, Brent Bromar and, and his uh, ill-fated car dealership association. You go all the way back to 2022. Vince Young. Was was where we start this list from the athletic number one quarterbacks in the country. Do you remember where F- Tommy Frazier was at? I mean, because you had pro style and option style back then. You still have dual threat slash pro style, but fewer pro styles. Was Tommy number one overall, or was he top three? Or do you remember? Was it was it Cordell? Tommy was, Tom, I don't remember where he was ranked because I really didn't pay much attention to that, as you know. But he was kind of that you know, top run pass option quarterback. Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at who it came down to with Clemson, Notre Dame and Nebraska, you that know, he was, he, he was viewed as a, a guy who was going to run the football, you know? So he wasn't in that same conversation as to whoever was in 1991, 92, who the top throwing quarterbacks and who everybody had their eyes on and who Max Empinger said was the number one recruit. It come, it, it kind of comes down to those guys look at who's recruiting and all of a sudden, and that's still true today. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's recruiting, let, let's say, you know, the, the kid in Gretna, Zach Flores, mm-hmm. Zach Flores is, you know, hearing from Midland, St. Olaf, William Jewell, Kansas. Oh, Kansas State. Oh, I, then all of a sudden, you know, there's the momentum and recruiting people start looking at him. Then it's Oklahoma State. And then, well, why isn't Nebraska looking at this guy? Well, you didn't look at him either until all of a sudden you heard that some fairly major Power Five school was looking at him. Till Lance Leopold looked at him, then the rest of the world jumped on. But, but, you know, recruiting analysts are like, who are you hearing that he's getting recruited by? Well, I'm going to make him a two star. 
And the next thing you know, they hear that somebody at, you know, Utah thought, well, he's a pretty good player. Well, Utah's after him. I'm going to bump him up to a three-star. Well, I'm going to come up with my own system and grade him on, you know, 90 to 100, 80 to 90. You know, it, it's, it's still a crapshoot. And you listed some of those guys who were the number one quarterbacks. And you could say some of them turned out to be really good college football players. Some were not. Some got to the NFL but weren't star NFL players. Does that mean that they're a bust if they were got to the NFL? I think Josh Rosen was way overhyped for a long time because just simply because he played at US, UCLA and had the Sam Darnold uh, rivalry that they tried to drum up. But, you know, some of those guys, Kyle Allen, Max Brown, okay, some of those guys just don't pan out as the number one guy. you got to get into the right situation with the right coach, mature at the right level and the right time, and, and then you can have success. But if you're going to go in – I remember Jimmy Clausen, you know, I didn't hold a press conference on the – He had a limo the, ride. Uh, to the, like the steps of the College Football Hall of Fame or something. Yeah, in South Bend. You know, and, and so I'm going to go to – oh, then you know, he's going to win four – Ron Pallas. You know, he's going to win four Heismans, according to Bino Cook. You know, some guys are just great high school players and they can't play in college. Some guys are great in college and they can't play in the pros. And some guys are Tom Brady. Sure. I want to ask you uh, about uh, Arch Manning. Can can he complete the, the hat trick, so to speak? Grandpa, number one overall. Both uncles, number one overall. Uh, grandpa, really good, but always on bad teams. And then his two uncles... Peyton and Eli, one's a for sure Hall of Famer. I think Eli is pretty good with two Super Bowl rings. Talk about pressure. We we talk about pressure anyway, being the number one quarterback in the country. But he's the number one quarterback in the country. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's a Manning. Uh, does he have a therapist on call? <laughs> you know, the thing about him that, that, that does strike me is is that and, and Todd Marinovich kind of comes to mind a little bit. We interviewed that guy. Uh, you, you know, way back, you know, Todd Marinovich was, was robo quarterback, and his dad from birth, you know, made him into this, uh, you know, herbal <laughs> herbal essence machine, if you will, hmm. Elijah. But everything was, you know, predicated on getting that kid to be an NFL quarterback, and he just ruined his, his life. He did, there was just no, you know, life balance for him. And Marinovich, unfortunately, is labeled as a bust. But, but I think you look at the Manning family and the way they all conduct their business, they seem to be respectful. I don't know what they are like behind the scenes, but they all seem to just do everything pretty well right. And, and I think that his background and he understands his legacy – uh, this thing has drawn been drawn out way too long, if you ask me. But what really impressed me, he's given he's had one tweet in his life. Hook him. That was it. You know, he's probably making six million dollars. I've heard now, and he's probably going to make a. That's you know, the number six million gonna, to go to Texas. He's going to make a lot more than that when he gets to UT. But as long as he's grounded. But you'll, you know, I think that he'll have a good career. Is he, is he going to be as good as Peyton? I don't know. Is he going to be as good as uh, Eli? I don't know. But I think his family background has prepared him well to be to work from the ground up and not start with his head in the clouds. And that will be significantly important at the University of Texas. But who are they going to put around him? I mean, let's face it. Peyton didn't, he should have won the Heisman, but did not. 
They didn't win a national championship with Peyton Manning, got their asses handed to him by us. Uh, Eli Manning never won a national title. He didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Archie was great, but had awful teams of players around him and, you know, played on bad teams. You know, okay, so you have Arch Manning at Texas. Are they going to have all kinds of great players? I, I it's it, football's a team game, and if they put great players around him, they might win it all, and he might go on and have a great career. But I, I like the way he has basically conducted himself. The hype has been around him; it has not come from him. And Good I like take. That. Well, and you've got a work ethic. You got a certain Manning work ethic that whatever the word is on and off camera for the Mannings. They, they know how to work, and they've earned things um, the hard way. The, the question to me is, with I mean, the trend in, in college football, especially among these high-level quarterbacks, has been if you're not a starter within a year or a year and a half uh, of stepping foot on campus, you're going to enter your name in the transfer portal. And with another guy who might be established as quarterback there, and, and Quinn Ewers, my question is, is he going to be able to wrestle that starting job away? And if he doesn't, does he stick around at Texas? Well, uh, I, that's, a, that's a well, Ewers is already, I mean, he, he took the money at Ohio State, never played, moved back to Texas. So you have two number one quarterbacks overall. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I think Eli... I think both the Manning boys started freshman at Ole Miss, freshman at, at Tennessee. Hell, Tennessee was preseason number one with with Peyton as the number, as as a true freshman. They could never beat Florida. They were really good, but they could never beat Florida. I'm interested to see now in the 2.0 version of this same song, next verse for this family, to see how how uh, Arch handles the pressure. But I think you nailed it, Bill and Elijah, just with. Uh, the upbringing, and I, I cheer for him. I don't necessarily cheer for Texas, but I, I do like the Manning family. Yeah, and you're going back, to, and I've said that, told this story before, and this is just real brief, but, you know, after we beat Tennessee in, 90, in 98, I was in the locker room, and things were really winding down. Player, people, a lot of people had left and gotten on buses and gone back to the hotel, and Archie and Peyton Manning came over to the Nebraska locker room, and I think somebody got a picture of it. Maybe Dave Finn got a picture of and I remember standing right there, and they came over, and I think Peyton said something like, uh, Coach Osborne, I just want to tell you it was a real honor to play against your team. And that's nobody's around. Mm-hmm. But the Mannings came over and did that. And I, I thought, man, I've always I've been a Peyton Manning fan Well, I was I, ever since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know him, but I thought that was really, really classy. And whether he meant it or not, he still did it. Sure. And that, to me, spoke volumes about the Mannings. And I hope he does well. I'm like you. But I'm this Ewers kid is all of a sudden like people are like, how soon can we get rid of him? <laughs> you know, Listen, we got Arch Manning now. Yeah. Hey, Quinn, uh, give Ohio State a ring. Quinn, <laughs> Nebraska will take you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see there. We'll dive into some chemistry questions next time. Bill, this was fun, man. Thanks for uh, holding the fort down with Elijah, brother. I appreciate you greatly. You know that. Uh, I can't. Twi- I'm twisting your arm for Norman. Uh, I should say for Lincoln when when OU comes up here. Uh, well, that arm's twisted. There's a lot more coming my way, but yeah, that make plans for that. Yeah, That's you're there, but you got to get to Dublin, brother. I got to get to Dublin. That's uh, but I, I just don't know. I was hoping to get to Rutgers, but boy, I don't know. With that blackout, I'm not sure how to get a ticket. I don't know how I'm gonna. Here's, here's, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to get a ticket away from a Nebraska fan that's gonna be dressed in red with 75 percent of the rest of that stadium that night. Just Friday think, night in New Jersey, you don't think Nebraska fans 
are going to fill that place with red? Come on. Well, just make sure you bring some kids back from Jersey uh, for uh, for the offensive and defensive line. Ah, thank you. Bill, take care, buddy. Thanks so much. See you. Go Big Red. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it. It's Burke's best bets. Daddy Burke, uh, we were on the road yesterday. We shifted it. So Daddy Burke will take you into the weekend with VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5, the Danny Burke podcast. And uh, best bets. Pride of Chicago, how are we doing? We're doing good, Schmitty. The weather's cooled down a little bit. You know, we were suffering through that 100-degree uh, humidity out here. But it, it made Lake Michigan a little bit more tolerable. But, uh, you know, otherwise we've been hanging in there uh, trying to get by with the Cubs struggling. White Sox picking it up a little bit. But uh, for the most part, we're getting by. How about you guys? We're good, man. We're just uh, 63 days till Dublin, you know. But who's counting? Right. We are. Uh, so that's that's where we're at. Uh, Elijah's got his Avalanche jersey all washed, and it's never pressed. But I mean, it, it looks it looks uh, remarkable as the Abs try and, and claim Lord Stanley yet again for the first time in a long time, and dethrone the champs. Uh, the Abs up three one minus two hundred tonight. Uh, last weekend, I was in Denver when. They uh, they had the seven nothing shutout. They they didn't go for two because they didn't have to. What are you feeling about tonight here? Well, Schmitty, I should be asking you if you were the reason they won seven nothing <laughs> when you were at the game. But uh, obviously, the betting market is showing a lot of faith in Colorado for this game. They opened as low as minus one fifty, and I'm saying low in relative terms mm-hmm. to where you were looting. They're at right now minus two dollars, but. I mean, how could you blame anybody wanting to back Colorado from the beginning parts of this series till now? And, you know, at the beginning of the series, I did see some value with Tampa Bay, as did a lot of people. But the fact that they lost that last game, it honestly really seems like it's all but over. You saw what happened the first two home games for Colorado. Game one was a close one, but that was kind of that if Tampa Bay was going to win a game on the road, it was probably going to be game one. And then game two, you saw more of what realistically was probably going to happen, which was just complete and utter dominance out of the side of Colorado. Now I had a pre-series bet of over five and a half games. I probably told you guys that the last time I was on the show. So I really needed and wanted Tampa Bay to win that last game. And they obviously fell short in overtime. And now I'm sitting here with this over five and a half ticket. Uh, kind of not knowing what to do, but I think the smart move, what to do would be to hedge out of it, considering that objectively speaking, I do think Colorado wins tonight. And I don't want to lay $2. What I would probably do if you're in a situation like myself or just want to get involved in the game is first, yeah, consider the puck line. You can get it anywhere from about plus 140 to plus 145. And if you don't think the Colorado Avalanche can just cover that in general, well, then you always have the help in the chance of the empty netter at the end of the game if it should be a close one. Uh, Secondly, you can do the win in regulation, which would be the 60-minute line, meaning that Colorado just has to win but not win in overtime and not have the game go to overtime. And for that, you can get the price I saw as good as about 
minus 108. And in any other game, I wouldn't have as much conviction on that. But you get the feeling that Tampa Bay pretty empty in that tank. You kind of had that feeling even going into game three, despite Tampa Bay winning six to two. And then maybe they had some momentum for game four, which they did, but then you blew a lead twice and the second one coming with two minutes to go. And now you got to go facing elimination to an arena where you haven't had success. I think Colorado probably has very sizable upper hand in this game. So I did get involved a little bit with the winning regulation bet for the avalanche. And if you want to go in a different direction, uh, Nachuskin, I think his name was. I, you know, Elijah can correct me if, I, if I'm mispronouncing it. But he's gone over two and a half shots on goal in every game but one. And I think there's been nine home games this postseason for Colorado, and he's gone over two and a half shots on goal in eight out of nine home postseason games. So the best price I saw was like minus 150. A lot of shops had minus 160. But if you want to follow the trend and think that he can get a lot of action on the net, then I think that could be a good angle for a prop as well. Danny, let's just pretend for a second that you were sitting here talking to an Avalanche fan. Would would you recommend that Avalanche fan to make the emotional hedge bet on the Tampa Bay Lightning or to double down on the Avs? I guess you got to, you know, ask yourself how comfortable you are with betting the Avalanche and how much you invested. To be honest, I would probably just sit on the ticket. I mean, that's what most people would recommend, but... You know, if you were an Avalanche fan and you even want to celebrate a little bit more so and you don't mind the potential loss of doubling down, I'd say, yeah, screw it. You're probably fine with betting Colorado once again. And like I said, I, I do think they close it out tonight. It's just all the momentum has swung that way. They have so much more energy and just dominance offensively. And as long as Darcy Kemper just doesn't crap the bed, so to speak, again, they should have a pretty comfortable win tonight. Danny Burke with us, Burke's Best Bets, VEASAN Sports Network, the Danny Burke Show, and uh, the Danny Burke Podcast, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter, his show uh, weeknights at uh, at 6, uh, and you can find him all over and on iHeartMedia. Danny, a, a thought with you as we switch from the NHL to Major League Baseball, what are you chasing? Who's been a hot team or prospect for you? Well, a hot team in the sense of making money against them would be the Cubs. If you're fading them, you're probably making a pretty penny because uh, this team has not been fun to watch, but they've been fun to fade. And as a Cubs fan and a better, at least they can do me that service. So it's been uh, pretty fun going up against the Cubbies to this point. And I got to say, Schmitty, and I, you know, I always got to preface it with an apology to all the Cubs fans that listen to me. You know, I, if you're in the business, if you want to bet and you're trying to make money, sometimes you got to be objective and fade your team. And if the seem like the Cubs are offering you a good opportunity. It's hard to say no, and I think that opportunity presents itself once again tonight as they go down against the rival of the Bush Stadium against the Cardinals where you got Kyle Hendricks taking the mound, and the sole focus for me in this spot is fading Kyle Hendricks. This whole season, the way I've been denoting him really is a guy that you either fade away or stay away. You can't trust him because he's incredibly volatile, but he's having one of the worst years of his career you know, a lot of Cubs fans see him as a professor still, but that's just not the case whatsoever. I mean, his ERA is high, his tip is high, which is a true indicator of what his ERA should be. His road splits are abysmal, even worse than he's doing at home. And the Cardinals obviously have some familiarity with him, and the Cardinals have really just been hitting exceptionally well against the Cubs and in general. So I think the Cardinals win this game, but it's kind of a steep price. So the alternate route that I took, was the team total for St. Louis over four and a half runs at minus 115. When they just had that five-game series against the Cubs, I believe they went over that team total in four out of five games. And out of their last 14 wins, 
at home, I believe, or it might have been overall. I don't have it right in front of me, but they've gone over it in 11 out of those 14 games. Again, you know, Hendricks is a liability out there. I think the Cardinals win, but for a cheaper price, let's just bet on them to get at least five runs, which I think they should be more than capable of doing so, not only against Hendricks, but against one of the worst major league bullpens in the Chicago Cubs. Danny, with the last minute we have here, do you see any value in betting MLB futures right now? I'm looking at the AL and, and NL uh, league champions, and I'm seeing the Astros and, and the Yankees as the two favorites in the AL. The Dodgers by far and away the favorite in the NL, but I guess the Mets are there too. Do you see any value to doing that in mid-June? Uh, you know, not as much with the short shots. Like, to me, the Yankees personally are the far and away best team in Major League Baseball, but there's not that much value with them. Even if you were getting them, like, 4-1 to one or plus 450, it's not too enticing. But if you look at it from the standpoint of, well, where is this number going to be by the time we start, uh, start October, then, yeah, it's going to be certainly a little bit different. So if you want to go with a short shot, the Yankees would be my pick. If you want to look at a division bet, there's some great value on the White Sox right now. I've kind of been clamoring on this for a while, but I got them minus 110, and even that I thought was great value. Now you're getting them at plus 175. All this team needs to do is get healthy because they have the easiest schedule in the latter half of this season. They're about four and a half teams back, which isn't ideal, but I think the Twins and Guardians will start to falter. The pitching will get better, especially in the bullpen for the White Sox, and as long as they can hit righties almost as good as they can hit lefties, this team will find a way to win the division, and you're getting great value on them, upwards to plus 175. Danny, we will get caught up again next week, my friend. Appreciate your insight, and always uh, thanks so much for uh, taking time with us, bud. Yeah, you bet, guys. Anytime. Take care. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, and I, I thought something maybe uh, Vince Ginta, uh, part of that Husker recruiting machine, Tweeted out about 3.30, a little bit closer to 4. Three uh, big old corn cobs. So does that mean something's up in the recruiting world? Well, Maverick Noonan, stud, Elkhorn South, dad, incredible ball player, Danny Noonan. Nebraska landed another commit that happened probably about uh, five minutes ago. Maverick Newton is in for 2023 local defensive line product. Uh, Elijah, that's a player we've talked a lot about. You know his relationship with Harrison Phillips. Phillips, uh, a Stanford guy that, that got away from Millard West and has been – Harrison's one of the best dudes there is. Great off the field, incredible on the field, great contract with the Vikings, right, going from Buffalo. But now you have – Maverick Noonan to, to anchor that middle for Nebraska. 
Uh, still has ball to play at Elkhorn South, of course, but uh, huge. As, as many in-state prospects as there are in the state of Nebraska, and Nebraska's record of retaining in-state talent, specifically from the metro region, uh, a little below 500. Not bashing, just saying. Uh, to get Maverick Noonan is is key. Not only because he's a really good player from a fantastic family, but he is um, he's just up the road, and uh, that is that is keeping the wolves at bay from your state border. And just look at the state of Nebraska's top ten for this recruiting cycle: Sam Sledge is in, Brock Knutson is in, Ben Brommer in, Gunnar Gatula in, Maverick Noonan now in. Uh, that leaves Malachi, Malachi Coleman, Coleman uh, and Benny Nagoy. Mm-hmm. After you uh, already factored the fact that uh, Zane Flores off to Oklahoma State mm-hmm. and Cade McIntyre off to Oklahoma, if you miss on those two but land on the other eight, hey, that, and that's that's typical. I mean that that's that, that's, that, that's, that's going to happen. For, that's good for Nebraska's results over the past decade. Sure, absolutely, because you, you didn't do well last year with the two of the three kids getting to Oregon, Dickerson and Jackson. Right, you let the Omaha Central kid get out to Wyoming. And maybe you just passed, but there were some kids that that were offered walk on opportunity, uh, and they ended up taking walk on opportunities elsewhere, uh, specifically at center. I think uh, Zadiska's nephew is in, is at Missouri. So I mean, Nebraska went three for ten last year in the Nebraska top ten, and they went one for five among the top five. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is a nice course correction <laughs> it's a it's an exhale it is let's hear uh let's let's hear a little bit of matthew mcconaughey impersonation with, with arch manning you know the roles i've played in my career are no stranger to the stars contact man reaches out into the dark vast expanses of space with radio technology to find signs of intellect brain power <laughs> previously unbeknown to man or interstellar which a man leaves behind his family legacy to surf among the stars and take a deep black hole dive in order to find sustenance to provide for a starving human race. But in all my time on screen, these two eyes have never seen a collection of five stars quite as bright as those belonging to Arch Manning. There he is. It's an impersonation, but it worked. Elijah's rocking tomorrow morning. I'm off to North Carolina. Talk to you next week. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.